What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, hardest part of the ring. Back at you again. Boy, oh boy, what a time we live in. It's, uh, it's, um, it's hard to even, like, focus on wrestling with all the other bullshit happening on in the world, but that's what we're here to do. That's what we all love, and, um, the effects that it's having, the effect that, uh, coronavirus is having on pro wrestling is, uh, it's, it's a big one, to say the least. Um, and it couldn't have come at a worse time of the year, um, for, for everyone, for wrestling, uh, for spring weddings, for, uh, for people who, uh, go outside in the sun, I don't know. Bottom line is that this all sucks, but, um, I think a common theme of this podcast is kind of looking on the bright side of things. And, you know, last my last podcast, I spent a lot of time talking about WrestleMania and talking about how, you know, regardless, you know, the fact that it's going to be an empty arena performance center WrestleMania, I think they can make the best out of it. And I think they can embrace the strange environment and make it, if nothing else, a WrestleMania to remember. And I still think they can. Um, but man, as time goes on and as news keeps coming out, as things continue to evolve, I get, um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm starting to become more and more pessimistic about this WrestleMania. I still am looking forward to it just to see what they do. If nothing else, it's going to be interesting. But like, man, I mean, where do I start? So last podcast, they had like just announced that WrestleMania was going to be an empty arena performance center. Um, since then they've come out and announced that WrestleMania will be a two day event. And, um, I believe one night's going to be at the performance center and one night's going to be at full sale. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but that's what it seems like it's going to be regardless, you know, empty arena, small venue. It's going to be strange. Um, two day event just to comment on that real quick. I love it. I think, um, you know, it's been a long time coming. I mean, I hate these these last few WrestleManias that have been eight plus hours long. Um, and I'm not exaggerating, unfortunately. Um, they've been tough. I mean, you know, they have a lot. They, they put a lot of stuff on the card, man. They try to give everybody a payday. They try to throw everybody into. They try to make every title fit on the card. And they throw like 16 people in every title match. But unfortunately, it becomes all, it just all becomes a blur, man. Like, I can't, you know, WrestleMania used to be a thing where I could differentiate each year. You know, I know that WrestleMania 17 is the, the TLC2 match. I know that WrestleMania 18 is Rock and Hogan. I know that 19 is where Brock did the shoot and start press. I know 20 is where Benoit and Eddie were hugging in the ring, you know. For years, I was be able I was able to differentiate WrestleManias, and I was able to compartmentalize each show exactly the year that it happened and what happened. But the last few years, I would say like thirty one and on, maybe. I mean, I know a few things that happened on each show, but like, man, it's just all just a bunch of nonsense. It's all a bunch of matches that get built that don't start building up until. 
you know, after Fastlane, which occurs like three weeks before WrestleMania, and then you have no time to build and you have no reason to care. You're just throwing a bunch of legends on the card. You're throwing Sting in there. You're throwing Goldberg in there. You're throwing fucking whoever, Batista, The Rock, whoever you can fucking dust off. You throw in there and hope that it spikes a buy rate and you hope it sparks some interest. But you're not dedicating your time during the year to those people that are in there week in, week out. So you have to rely on these people that you have to pull out of the closet and hope that people care about them still. And yeah, I mean, now they will. You know, Edge and Orton love that shit. You know, Goldberg and whoever he's facing, that's going to be interesting because it's Goldberg. Brock Lesnar. Sure, interesting. But what happens in 10 years when none of these guys can wrestle anymore? And you have to rely on guys like that are still around. Maybe like a, uh, I don't know, like a Buddy Murphy or an Aleister Black. We're not dedicating time to making these guys mean anything right now. We have Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. I don't even know why the fuck that match is happening. Buddy Murphy's not even on the card, I don't think. And then you have, you have that whole, you've had this whole buildup of Andrade, Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo, Rey Mysterio. You've had that whole twisted storyline. It's been great shit. It's been great matches. You have uh, you have the Latino legacy to base it on. You have all the different relationships between everybody. There was so much potential with, with all of those pieces. But now you just have Andrade and Angel Garza arbitrarily in a tag team versus the Street Profits. For what reason? For what reason? And then are, are Ray and Humberto even on the card? I'm not even sure. They'll probably be thrown in some goddamn... Well, I guess I can't... I don't think they're doing a battle royal or anything, but... But, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the point is, I'm kind of like... I don't know how I got on this tangent, by the way, but... I'm kind of on uh, in this ranting mode because, like... I'm, I'm, I've been thinking to myself, you know... WrestleMania. Okay, it's going to be empty arena. It's going to be in the performance center. Fine. We'll make it work. But then... I find out it's taped. Then I find out that Roman Reigns can't compete because he's immunocompromised, which no fucking shit, by the way. Like, why are we just figuring that out now? Why are we building up Roman Reigns to be in the main event of WrestleMania when we already fucking know that? Then what? What? Andrade's injured, right? Miz is sick. And who, 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 who knows who else will potentially not be comfortable competing and end up dropping out at the last minute? It's all a mess. It's all a needless mess. WrestleMania did not need to happen this year. You know, there's a certain point where you just got to cut your losses. They already have a lot, you know. They, they've already, they're not in Tampa anymore. They're not getting that huge gate. They're not getting, you know, that huge arena, the spectacle, the coverage. They've already cut a lot of that. I feel, I mean, I guess it's too late to postpone it now since they've already taped a bunch of shit, but like. And it just just the the concept of taping WrestleMania. I mean, we've all watched these tapes, you know, when they tape Raw, you know, like when they're in the UK and they have to tape Raw like a little bit early or, uh, you know, wherever, if they're somewhere international and they have to tape Raw or SmackDown, it feels different. And you can tell and it's not a good thing. It's not organic. It's not alive. It's just there. And that's a lot of what WWE has been. 
not just WWE. I say WWE because they're at the forefront of everything right now. AEW's had had a lot of stints with this too. We have to break the formula, man. What is that formula? It's man. I could have a whole entire podcast dedicating to the formulaic nature of WWE. Because bottom line, man, I find myself not caring a lot. You know, we have all this coronavirus outbreak stuff, and I've seen how it's affected wrestling. I have found myself excited about the prospect of WWE going on a hiatus. Like, that excites me. That should not excite me. I should not want wrestling to go away for, for you know, indefinitely. But I find myself wanting that. And, like, why is that? Why, why do I want a break from the thing that I love? I'll tell you why. Because we have never gotten a break. Wrestling doesn't stop. Ever. And if you think I'm burnt out, if you think the fans are burnt out, just imagine how much those goddamn performers are burnt out. Not only the wrestlers, but the commentators, the announcers, the ring crew, the camera crew, the backstage crew, the editors, the, the website, wh- whoever. Everyone involved in this crazy machine of the WWE is burnt out 24-7. And you know what that results in? That results in a shitty, lazy product. Sure, there's been, you know, there's been hiccups of, you know, great stuff. They could, there's still great matches that occur all, all the time on WWE. I was mentioning, you know, all the Humberto, Angel Garza, Andrade, Rey Mysterio. Those four have, have almost every week have been having great matches with however, you know, those four have been laid out. Whether it's one-on-one matches, tag team matches, all that, all that shit's been great. All the stuff that Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak have been doing, or even like Shinsuke, Cesaro, and Sammy, or um, NXT stuff, still as great as always, in-ring. But I don't care about these people. Make me care about them. And that's why, like, that there is a problem going on in the WWE, and I, there, there is many variables at play, but the bottom line is that we need to start caring about these these new quote-unquote stars. I can't tell you how many times I go on Instagram or Twitter or wherever, and I'm seeing people comment like, man, Buddy Murphy deserves a push. He deserves to be world champion. Does he? Does, does, does Buddy Murphy deserve to be world champion? Does Cesaro deserve to be world champion? Does Shinsuke deserve to be world champion? Tell me why. Why is that? Because they can do cool moves. That's not enough to carry a company on your back. Roman Reigns is a champion. Brock Lesnar is a champion. Hell, Braun Strowman even makes more sense to be champion than those guys that I just listed. You know why? Because they've had character development. And it's not the fault of the, the performers, by the way. This is all the WWE machine, and this is all how they work. Because they don't dedicate time to building characters. They dedicate time to advertising the WWE shop. Or um, recapping every segment of every show twice on every show. Or doing formulaic promos backstage where everybody is is shoulder to shoulder facing the camera talking very very naturally because that's how people stand i know when i watch tv i stand parallel to it looking to the left at it like little shit like that or you know here's a good one 
say there's like a number one contenders match. You have two people wrestling in the ring to fight for the number one contendership for a championship. You have the champion come out, come out on commentary. He says he's duty. He says he's doing scouting. Commentator B asks the champion, "Hey champion, who would you rather face at the next pay per view?" Champion says, "Oh, I don't care who wins. I'll beat either of them." Like shit, like that. Stupid tropes like that. Get him out of here. You know what I'm saying, man? Enough. This is why it all comes back to the state of wrestling that we're in right now. And why we need a break. We need a break as fans. They need a break. To reevaluate and restructure how they do things. Which brings me to NXT. Now, I have not watched... I, by the way, I'm pretty behind on wrestling. I haven't watched the last two Raws, the last two Smackdowns. I've seen a bunch of clips, so I still kind of follow the major major bullet points that are happening. I, I've been following the card for WrestleMania. So I'm seeing, you know, where all the, you know, where all the feuds are going and whatnot, but NXT from not last NXT, I guess 318, I believe was the date. It was the show where most of the show was dedicated to the story of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Now this episode of NXT was fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. There was no wrestling, but I loved every second of it. Normally, when I watch wrestling, I very rarely will just sit down, put my phone down, and just watch wrestling. Unless it's a pay-per-view. But even then, I'm, sometimes I'm still like kind of doing something in the background. NXT. So I sit here at my computer, right? I'm, I, have, I, have a two, I have two monitors. I have a monitor in front of me where I do stuff. And I have a monitor to my right where I have some sort of TV going on. I put NXT on, on the monitor to my right and I'm doing work cause I'm working from home and I'm working on the monitor in front of me. I hit play on NXT and it starts going immediately. They dive into the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa story and I am fucking glued to it. This doesn't happen during Raw. This doesn't happen during SmackDown. This doesn't happen during AEW. This doesn't happen during NWA. This doesn't happen during Ring of Honor. This doesn't happen during New Japan. This happened during this episode of NXT. I took that window. I scooted it over to the monitor in front of me. And I sat down and watched it with 100% focus. And the reason I, I go through all that is because that is a testament to how engaging that style of broadcast is you know Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa their whole story has expanded you know years and this is a lot due to injuries a lot due to um, different arcs that the characters have taken but it's such a they've committed so much time to it and they've put so much effort towards it so in my mind I'm like man why don't they do this more often? And now, granted, you can't just pull great rivalries out of your ass. But they don't even try. They never try. They have, you know, 
I'll get back to NXT in a second, but they have, you know, characters like, like Alistair Black, who is there, there is, he's like this perfect ball of clay that you could mold into whatever you wanted. You know, we saw what he did with Velveteen Dream. It was a very short feud, but it was one of the most effective feuds, the most bang for your buck feuds that I've ever seen because it worked perfectly for both guys. It was a perfect yin and yang. And both guys came out of it better for it. And people still talk about it to this day. It won rivalry of the year at NXT, and that's saying a lot. But now you have Aleister Black. Oh, WrestleMania is coming up in a few weeks. Guess we should have a match for him. Uh, who else is free? Hmm. Oh, Bobby Lashley's not doing anything. Throw him in there. Why? I don't know. We'll figure it out later. You fucking kidding me, man? Alistair Black is the most, what, he's my, one of my personal favorites. He has a character that you can go in so many directions with. You can go good, you can go evil, you can go, you can go unstoppable badass, you can go underdog, you can go what, what, whatever. There's so many different, there are so many different routes you can take, but they just, he stays stagnant. They did the same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura. They did the same thing with Cesaro. All talented people, but I have no reason as a viewer to care about them. So no, they don't deserve a world championship because they have no character and nobody's going to fucking care. But now, so because you, you all, you all know, this is a podcast of solutions. This is not me venting into the void. I have solutions. The solution is based off of this NXT episode that I was talking about. Because you have this long-form documentary-style program documenting the rivalry of Gargano and Ciampa and, ma- and telling the viewer why to care about them. You're giving the backstory about each guy individually. You're talking about how each path, each one has taken their own separate path, how, how, how their motivations have changed and evolved, how their characters have evolved. And how each interaction between them has shaped where this rivalry is going. Now, not every pair of people is going to have the depth that this feud does. But we can make that work. You know why we can make that work? Because after WrestleMania, you have the opportunity to take a fucking break. NXT laid the blueprint out for what WWE needs to do. You don't need in-ring matches. You don't need it. Unless you want to, you know, throw on, you know, lower rank guys who haven't gotten a lot of opportunity to have matches, maybe throw a few of that stuff on there. Other than that, you don't need main event title feuds on Raw or SmackDown. You don't need it. You know what you need? You need to look at this this episode of NXT. You need to look at what they did with Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, and you need to do that with the people on your fucking roster. You have, you obviously have the, the capabilities to. NXT under, is under the umbrella that Raw and SmackDown are. So why can't you do that with Aleister Black? You know, and then the, the, NXT, after that, that uh, Gargano Champa story, they went into a thing with Finn Balor. They went into a whole segment dedicated to Finn Balor, talking about his backstory, talking about his evolution, talking about his motivations, talking about how he got there to NXT, why he's there. And what his goals are in the future. Simple. It should be simple. Leave it to the performer to create the the meat within the sandwich. But how about you give a motherfucker some bread? 
All right? Why don't you do that with... Do that with Aleister Black. Do that with Buddy Murphy. Do that with Drew Gulak. Do that with Apollo Crews. Do that with Dana Brooke. Do that with Tamina Snuka. Do it with Mojo Raleigh. Do it with Bobby Roode. I can go on and on about of, of listing people that are talented but are not getting opportunities to let their characters come through the TV screen because you're not giving them the time. You're throwing Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler in a meaningless faction with Baron Corbin, a, a dead-end faction. Why am I supposed to care about Bobby Roode? Why am I supposed to care about Shinsuke or Cesaro just because you throw them with Sami Zayn? I like factions, but you're not explaining these factions. They're arbitrary. They're senseless. They're illogical. Finn Balor had a whole segment on NXT dedicated to him and explaining why he's there and why you should care. Do that with everyone on your roster. You have time to do it now. After WrestleMania, shut it down. Dedicate your time to doing this kind of stuff. Documentary style, interviews with people, making the viewers care. And then when you come back, when all of this coronavirus stuff is over and people are allowed to walk back into these arenas and watch the show. Now people are going to care about these people, and then you can get on the path to making your show good again. You can make your show a show where people will watch and not sit on their hands during a main event of a pay-per-view like they did Elimination Chamber. You think I care about Shayna Baszler because she attacked Becky Lynch once? No, I don't. No, I don't. NXT has laid the laid the blueprint for what WWE has to do after WrestleMania. After WrestleMania, I God, I hope they just don't keep doing the live shows with no with no crowd. They've made it work as best as they can, but they don't need to do it. They don't need to do it. And I'm not even gonna fucking touch that that thing. I don't know if it was real, but it probably was that survey that WWE sent out where they're considering having fans with webcams around the show, like in a border around the screen with fans and celebrities reacting. Oh, holy shit. I, I have never heard a worse idea. Do you, can you imagine how clunky that would sound and look? How unnatural and how planned and how cheesy that would be. Look at look at what AEW did. They did what I suggested, by the way, is have a few wrestlers in the crowd making you know some noise in the background so everything doesn't sound as harshly silent. That's all you need if you want to do live shows. NXT's last episode was not bad. They did a better job than Raw and SmackDown, in my opinion. Even Raw and SmackDown are kind of kind of getting the hang of it, kind of figuring out what works and doesn't work. But you don't need to do it. It's not effective. You're not. You're putting these. First of all, you're putting these people at risk. First and foremost, how about you stop making people travel with this goddamn shit going on? You ever think about that? Secondly. Do you think people are giving a shit what's going on? Do you think I care about the Street Profits versus Garza and Andrade in front of no people? Do you think I care about that? I don't. Nobody does. 
You don't need to do it. NXT showed you what to do. They had a long-form segment on Finn Balor. They had a long-form segment on Rhea Ripley. They had a long-form segment on the rivalry between Gargano and Ciampa. They've done this in the past, too. They've done these long-form documentary-style interviews with people like like Roderick Strong, like Bianca Belair, like TM61. They take these people who are just like looking for something to click with the audience, and then they give them a reason. Do that with the people on Raw. Do that with the people on SmackDown. Keep doing that on NXT. Utilize the WWE Network for that matter, and do that for people that you might not want to put on the main show. Do it for like an Apollo Crews or a fucking No Way Jose. I don't know. Whoever you want. Do it for everybody. You have time now. You have time now. You don't have to keep doing it. Because my OCD ass is going to keep watching this bullshit. <sighs> All right. Um. Anyways. That was just, you know, a little. That's just my feelings on the whole thing. On the whole state of wrestling right now. And um, I said it last week. I'll say it again. This coronavirus can be not a virus, it can be an antidote for the WWE and can lead them in a better direction going forward after this is all over. But it's not going to do that if they keep doing what they're doing. If they keep just rushing everything, if they keep rushing storylines, if they keep pushing people into matches that nobody's going to care about, and they keep forcing shows to happen with no crowd in the audience. If they keep doing that, they're, people are still going to be fatigued when everybody comes back, and uh, it's not going to be. It's going to be just as stale and as as lifeless as it was before this whole coronavirus thing happened. So I hope WWE takes this opportunity to take a break from in ring stuff after WrestleMania and just dedicate time to building their current roster. That's all I ask. Dedicate some time to that. Dedicate some time to putting on old pay-per-views or whatever. That's fine. I like that stuff. Keep doing that if you want. But we don't need in-ring shows anymore after WrestleMania. Anyways. What else is there going on? So I brought up WrestleMania earlier, right? And I brought up how Roman was forced to drop out of the main event. I guess not forced. I guess he he decided to, I think. I don't even know if they forced him to, but he should have been forced if he wasn't. Why would... I don't... I already went through it. I'm not going to do it again, but... Regardless of the fact... Regardless of the reason, Roman Reigns is no longer facing Goldberg for the Universal title at WrestleMania, which is a huge, huge piece of news over the last week. And um, I don't know if they've taped that match yet or not. Um... Could be just rumors. Spoiler alert, maybe. Just a real quick one. But um, I've heard that they might be throwing Braun Strowman into that match against Goldberg, which I don't know, I guess. Not super stoked for it. Strowman's kind of rubbed everybody rubbed everybody the wrong way over the past you know week or so, shitting on all the indie wrestlers and kind of being just a general dick. Just on top of his character kind of being stale and being really, really, being like big show level cheesy. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, 
I'll watch it, but I don't particularly care too much for it. Um, I mean, I'd love to see Matt Riddle in there instead, but we all know that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, that was a big piece of news. Um, Andrade not going to be competing either due to injury. Don't know what they're going to be doing with the tag team title match. Um, Miz will not be participating in that triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown tag titles. So this show just seems very snake bit. It was snake bit from the start. And um, I guess we just there. We're less than a week out now. So you might as well just push through, I guess. Right. It'll be very interesting to see. I mean, I'm still, <laughs> I guess I'm still looking forward to WrestleMania. Not in the same way that I, I normally would be, but it'll be, um, if nothing else, it'll be a fun train wreck to watch. So it's fun to look at it that way, I guess. Um, that's pretty much all I got today, fellas and fellows. Um, you know, with wrestling being how it is today, uh, not a lot else going on. Um, I guess I'm talking about quick touch on AEW real quick. Um, I haven't talked about uh, Brody Lee yet. He was uh, revealed as the Exalted One for the Dark Order. Um, not super crazy about this dude just being thrown into another cult, into another faction. I mean, I guess he's kind of the leader now, which is a which is a step up, and he's getting uh, an opportunity to show his character and uh, like talk a little bit, which is great. And I have no doubt they'll utilize him well in the future. But I hope he, you know. We don't need him in another fucking cult, guys. I mean, come on. Let the guy let the guy just be him. He's super talented. In the ring, on the mic, he's one of the most underrated guys in the industry. Let him thrive with just him. Him being him. But regardless, happy that he's an AEW. Um, wish he would have gotten a fair shake at WWE. I really wish he would have faced Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania rather than Randy Orton. But nonetheless, you can't dwell on the past. Um, can only look towards the future, and the future is bright for Brody Lee. So happy for the guy. Um, speaking of AEW debuts, Matt Hardy also debuted, and um, dude, the guys, I'm I'm getting Kurt Angle vibes from him, and by Kurt Angle vibes, I mean this guy should not be in the ring anymore. But I feel like he will continue to wrestle much longer than he should. Um, I love Matt Hardy. I grew up a, a diehard Hardy Boys fan. I loved both Matt and Jeff. And I loved a lot of the stuff Matt did in the WWE. But man, Matt should stick to being a character. He should stick to being uh, an asset to the young superstars on that roster. Um, I have no interest in seeing Matt Hardy in a world title feud or anything like that. You know what I mean? But like, I'm happy that he's there. I'm happy that he's... um getting a chance to at least explore his creativity a little bit, you know, with the whole teleporting thing with Jericho and the, the drone and all that. Like it's, that's all, it's all good and fun. Wrestling should be fun. And what Matt Hardy does, what his broken character does, it's all fun. So I don't hate it, but uh, I hope they don't take it too far. I hope he doesn't overstay his welcome is all I'm saying. But um, other than that, man, that's all I got for today. Um, we'll definitely be checking out WrestleMania Definitely excited for it in a weird way, but uh, that's pretty much all I got, guys. So uh, make sure to give this podcast a subscribe, give it a follow, give it a rate, and then I'll give you a kiss if you do all that. Follow me at the hardest part of the ring on Instagram at Apron Bump on Twitter. 
I am hard. Oh, 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 oh,